most important question that I have, Vince, is do you have drink in hand? 100%. <laughs> okay, I like that. I like that decision. Me too. Yep. What you going with tonight? What you going with? I've got bourbon on the rocks. Um, went with bullet. Bull. Oh, you said that you were a you were a whiskey guy. I I am a brown liquor guy. Brown liquor guy. Yeah, not me. Sticking with the beer. You're sticking <laughs> with the beer as usual. Um. Oh, I have a question for you. Have you watched any of the F1 Drive to Survive series no. on Netflix? Everyone asks me this, and I haven't mm-hmm. watched it yet. Um, okay. And, like, I have several friends that tell me that I should watch it. And I don't know if it's, like, overgeneralizing because I'm a soccer fan, and they're, like, like – because all the friends that tell me to watch it are, like, traditional sports fans. They're, like, oh, dude, I've really gotten into F1 from watching this series. And they're, like, <laughs> you'd like it because, you know, you, you like obscure sports, I guess. And I'm, like, dude, I just, what are you talking about? Those two things don't go <laughs> hand in hand. But yeah, um, no. In all in all actuality, like I probably would like it, and I should sit down and watch it. But right now, I'm watching Yellowstone, so I, I can. Re- I'm a, I'm a one show at a time guy. Like I can't I can't do multiple shows. Um, I don't have the attention span for it. I watch far too much soccer. Yeah. Um, and I've got a wife, so like at some point, she's got to factor into the conversation too. So. <laughs> yeah, I get that too because I'm like. Um... Like, I watch, with the amount of soccer I watch and everything, like, I don't watch many TV shows at all. So yeah. then some of my friends are like, you just, Dalton doesn't watch TV shows. I'm like, yeah, you're right. Like, I don't. I just, like, <laughs> if it's not a live sporting event, uh, I'm, like, way less likely to uh, watch it. Yeah, exactly right. Like, from from my perspective, I can really only do one show at a time because a I watch so much soccer and then b just because you know I at some point I have to have a life too so right now yeah, I'm watching Yellowstone yeah. and if you haven't watched it's fantastic I've heard great things um so I'm gonna have to check it out and then what I was for those that are just joining we're talking about the F1 Drive to Survive series before we jump into the soccer talk but we actually have a request already from um best youngster in the world it looks I like love very, it. very avid Phil Foden fan. So let's see mm. uh, what this. Or he's Phil just super Foden confident. Fan. Yeah, one of the two. Uh, we'll see what's up. Um, you, you want? You have the floor, my friend. Oh, are we talking about F one or U.S. right now? We can uh, well, jump into the U.S. I, we can jump into whatever. <laughs> I was just like having a little conversation with Vince. That's no, what I, I. We were wait, we were waiting for we were waiting for people to. Join. Yeah, I literally have yeah. I have Formula One on my TV right now. The Draft to Survive series right now. Oh, I was I was just watching right before, um, right before we came in and jumped on this. Um, so are you are you watching the most recent season? Uh yeah. Let me see what episode I'm on right now. Uh, episode season four, episode six. Okay, I'm not quite that far in the last in the fourth mm. season. I think I'm on the third episode. Mm. I, or do you I, have like a? Go ahead. I haven't even watched season one through three. I just kind of been getting into it. Yeah, I was in F1 before I was in Drive to Survive. So, do you have like an F1 driver or team you're for? Uh, I I don't really care too much about anyone. The only only one I really like more than others is probably Red Bull, just because I think the cars look sick, but. I, I don't know anything fair. about it. That's fair. That's fair. Hey, 
Um, personally, I'm a Lewis Hamilton Mercedes guy, but that's mm-hmm. okay. That's fair. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I like that though. I like that. I was actually going to ask Vince this, and you can chime in on this too. I'm, I'm glad you requested to speak because we like this. Um, that if soccer were to do a series like that, to if it's somewhere in the world there was a soccer drive to survive type series that was super drama oriented to get like some casual fans to tune in because it has the drive to survive series has spurred so much growth. Oh yeah. Of F1 in the United States. If there were to be a soccer series like that, what do you think it'd be centered around? Would it be like premier league? Would it be MLS? Would it be the U S national team? Like I was going to ask Vince this, but I'd like to hear both of your opinions. I I thought they had something like that. They had one about city. I I forgot what it's called. They had one about city. Yeah, the all or nothing. The all or nothing. Yeah, yeah. They had one Spurs. I think. I mean, I like those in general. They had one about Michigan football. I think how they put them together is pretty nice. Uh, Sunderland. I think that was the the series they had about Sunderland was pretty Uh, awesome. That was really good. Yeah, I do. I agree with that. I remember Uh, that one. Even that. Even though it doesn't really go well for them, I think it's just very <laughs> neat to be the inside view. <laughs> I guess you just watch them slowly. They, they like centered a series around like, oh, we're gonna go right back up, and then they just go back. They go down and get relegated again. <laughs> yeah, that was it. Was a train wreck, and they're like, well, we're gonna renew it for a second season because we can't possibly, you know, stay in League One for so for longer than a season. No, nope, nope. You're gonna stay down too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Vince, do you have any opinions on what, what uh, one should be centered around? Say there's supposed to be a new one. Would you want it centered around like MLS or what do you think? No. So from my perspective, it would be like I've waited. This might not be because I haven't seen Drive to Survive. So I, I have no idea like what the concept of is, if it's similar to All or Nothing or whatever. But um, I, what I've wanted was like a series on Netflix like of of thirty for thirties that are centered around the U.S. men's national team and its history. Um, like I would absolutely love to see that. I read a I, I read a book called What Happened to the USMNT Last Year. Um, if you guys have, I've, I've promoted it a little bit on my on my handle, but um, the in that book, like it just basically goes through the entire history of of the team. And when I talked to the author, I was like, dude, you should pitch this to like Netflix or ESPN plus to, for somebody to come up with like a concept series, like six episodes leading up to the world cup in 2026. Mm -hmm. Um, I would absolutely love to see that because like, that would be some fantastic marketing when the tournament is held here. Like that to me would be like a great lead up for the next three years. Like they released a series of those types of, of stories. Um, So that's what I would like to see personally, just stuff centered around American soccer, like, some of the history that we've we've been crafting for the last 25 26 years um and just see what that looks like that would be that would be fun for me yeah i kind of had like a similar thought where it obviously wouldn't work now but i was thinking that if say that a film crew was around for the qualification failure of the last world cup uh cycle expecting the u.s to qualify and wanted to capture that and it didn't happen and then you keep it rolling, kind of like the Sunderland thing, where hopefully we qualify this year and you get to see that whole arch. I think yeah. that that would be really cool. Um, but anyway, I don't know. I just I think that another I think that with Netflix's popularity of this, we might start seeing this with other sports as well because it has skyrocketed. Uh, not only Netflix in on Netflix, but F1's popularity too. But anyway, 
we'll get on to the Mexico game. Um, I don't know your name, uh, Phil Foden. <laughs> I'll uh, call you. You can call me Logan. Logan. All right, Logan. Uh, was there something in particular that you wanted to discuss with the Mexico game last night or something that stuck out to you? Uh, I'd say I think we played a pretty strong lineup with uh, the Sunday game probably being the most important game of the window. Um, Yedlin got a yellow, which is not good. <laughs> and uh, I little little worried about the right back situation going into Sunday. Yeah, yeah, man, it's just it's so weird to me, and this is actually one of the reasons why so many of us have wanted Joe Scally in camp. It isn't yes. because it honestly it isn't because like we expect him to start. That's it, it, that couldn't be further from the truth. It's because he's the perfect fifth fullback to bring into these situations. Like he can play both sides pretty much equally as good. He can play in a four. He can play as a wing back on either side. And and so he's that first that like perfect guy to come in if you get a suspension, you know, if you get an injury, he can back up basically anybody. Um, and now you've got the situation where like you've got to call in an emergency right back because your starting right back got hurt, one gets suspended, and the other one has COVID. Like <laughs> so, so now you have no right backs. And it's just like mm-hmm. if Joe Scally was there, he'd be the perfect complement for this type of a situation. But now you've got to bring. A, and and we didn't even bring him this time, but like now we're bringing this uh, a guy that's playing in the Spanish second division for some reason. No no disrespect, I think Shaq Moore is a, a very nice young player, but like in my opinion, I would have called Joe Scally, and I just don't know what he did to Greg Berhalter. <laughs> I don't. Know. I just it, I, it's, it's really I, weird. I say to my friends every every window, why has Joe Scally not not been called up? He's he's up there like. I would say maybe second best right back that we have to offer. And I just don't, I don't understand why he's not even in the roster. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm glad, I'm glad you brought up the, the lineup Logan. Uh, Cause that was where I heard wanted to go first actually um, was after all the discussion among United States fans last week and everything, it was, does Burhalter play a weekend team knowing that Sunday is the most important game we have. And me and Vince were both on record on our podcast saying that, no, you go for it. You don't leave any points on the table. And I'm glad, I'm super glad he did that. The yellow card situation with Yedlin, yeah, sucks. Uh, sucks with Weya, too. But I tweeted this during the game. I said, the only player that I care doesn't get a yellow card is Tyler Adams. And yeah. super glad he didn't. Um, but even the right back situation, we obviously have a little bit of a injury COVID problem in that position right now. Um, and it's really been hit hard recently, but I'm still okay with Shaq Moore being there for the Panama game. Um, just like I'm, I'm okay with Wea having to miss out. The only player that I really, really was like, please don't get a yellow was Tyler Adams. And I was really, really glad that he was able to not. Yes, I agree. but in that situation, you trust Tyler, right? Like you just give him yeah. the instruction, like, "Hey, just don't do anything stupid. Like, don't pick up any cheap fouls. You've got a Costa there too. So, like, if they're in transition, we need to bring somebody down. You're, the the hope is that a Costa takes one that one for the team or something like that. You, you're playing a high line, so one of the center backs could do it as well. So, so you're kind of sitting there and like you're just telling him, "Look, don't play the hero. We need you to break up play, but be smart. Don't pick up a yellow." And that seemed exactly what the instruction that he got, and he executed it perfectly. 
So I had no problem with him in the starting lineup. And as, as um, you, you, we talked about in the last podcast, exactly what you said, we should have played a strong lineup. We did. We should have won that game last night. Okay. That, that leads me to, uh, to the question. How do you feel about the result? Are you okay with it? Are you disappointed? Are you happy with the draw against Mexico? Where are you with that? Going into the game, I would say I would have been happy with a point. After the game, I'm upset with the point. We should have got – I think everyone can agree we should have got three. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I I feel the same way. Like, mm -hmm. ultimately, going into that, I would have said I would have taken a draw. I I think I predicted a draw. Um, But – after the game, I mean, the if we're going like Greg Berhalter, so big on expected goals, right? I, I and I'm actually I, I like that that stat as well. It was like 1.5 to 0.4. We should have won that game. It, we had two yeah. golden opportunities, and we didn't put away either of them. Yeah, me and Logan are on the same wavelength here because my wife asked me before the game. She's like, "Well, like, what are you expecting out of this game?" I'm like, "You know, a draw is good uh, at the Azteca." That's what I said. Uh, I would have felt good with a draw before the game. But watching the game and watching the way, especially the first half, we played – we outplayed Mexico in the first half. And even the yeah. first uh, the first huge portion of the second half. And after the game, there was just a bad taste in my mouth of – and that was it wasn't the mere uh, mixture of beer and ice cream that I had. It was a bad <laughs> taste in my mouth. <laughs> beer and ice bad. cream. We're going to need to hear more about that. Okay, I'll tell you more here in a second. But afterwards, I was like, yeah, that's like after seeing the way we played and Mexico just really wasn't on it. I just felt like we, we definitely needed more. And those are the games that you got to win. Like those are the games you take and you make you bury one of those chances and you take control at the Azteca. And I just wasn't yeah. very like I wasn't very happy with it. I know a lot of people were like a point in Mexico. I'm good. I'm like, I, I'm, I wasn't re- I wasn't really OK with it. Yeah, I'm not happy. Um, I'm fine. Like, woke up this morning, I'm feeling great, and you know, it's fine. Like, it, there's there's no part of me that's like, oh, you know what, we're gonna we're gonna really regret that. No, I think we're gonna win on Sunday, and we'll be fine. Um, yeah. But ultimately, what pisses me off the most is that that was the opportunity to win at the Azteca um, in World Cup qualifying for the first time, and we missed that opportunity. So that that's kind of what pisses me off the most. And the funny thing is, like. Christian Pulisic had the exact same play, what, two, three weeks ago against Liverpool um, in the Carabao Cup final. So, like, I guess he just didn't watch that tape. Uh, You know, that's that's like one of those things where it's like you did the exact same. You did it twice in a matter of weeks. You did it twice. Um, And he's an excellent player, and he'll know that. Like, he'll be pissed off with himself for not bearing that. And I said the exact same thing against Liverpool a couple weeks ago. But it's just funny to me that he didn't learn from it. And he basically said, like, well, that won't happen again. You know, the, the goalkeeper won't get there next time. And I'll just keep I'll keep putting it right in the middle. Yeah, yeah, it was definitely interesting. Uh, thank you, uh, Logan, for c- jumping in with the with the topic. Um, I'm going to get a couple other list- listeners that want to talk here. Uh, just yeah. one second. Um, I interrupted Logan there, but thank you. Um Oh, I did. Want, I want to tell the beer and ice cream first. It's really quick before we let Scott uh, Scott in here. That okay? It was before the game. It was like a little over an hour before the game. I had had a couple beers already in preparation, and my wife was like, "And my wife was like, I want ice cream." And um, I was like, "Yeah, I'm not really feeling it." But you you know how it is, Vince. You're married. When the wife wants yep. ice cream, 
You yeah, go get happy ice wife, cream. happy life. That's exactly yeah, right. Yeah, so I had I went to Culver's, got a uh, Reese's uh, con- concrete mixer. It was very oh, good. Um, yeah, with beer. So, what kind of yeah. beer were you mixing that with? Uh, Bud Light. So okay. at least it was light. I, I thought you were going to say like heavy IPA or something, and then, <laughs> and then you're just, oh, no. and then you're you're hammering like a Reese's ice cream. Like what the hell? No, exactly. Yeah, so we're good. Um, it was. It was definitely not settling okay in my stomach, uh, but that's besides the point. That's all right. <laughs> uh, we got Scott Alex here who wants to chat. Uh, let's see. He's connecting. Scott Alex, how you doing? I love the picture uh, with the pool uh, in the background because it's snowing where I am right now. So I'm jealous if you're anywhere near sunshine. No, that, that is not a recent picture, but, uh, you know, we always hope to be there. I'm up in Connecticut, so, uh, you know, we're, we're, it's starting to turn, but, uh, yeah, we're not in the happy place yet. Um, yeah, I'm in Wisconsin. I'm looking out my window right now. Uh, snow yeah. So it was, uh, yeah. it was a legit 61 here today, so it wasn't bad. Um, yeah, no, it's a beautiful day. Yeah. I'm a, a, I'm up in Boston, so New Englander. Yeah, there you go. So I, I want to talk about the third substitution window because I'm kind of sitting there. I'm like, I, I love the, I love the first sub, Geo and, uh, and uh, Pfock on for, uh, you know, Pepe yeah. and 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 obviously you know way of like you know all right, let's just get him out. Um, and I forget who what the what the second sub was off the top of my head, but the, the, I was. Long and EPB and um, who else came in? Long oh yeah, yeah, that, that's the one I wanted on. to talk about. Yeah, because they it was uh, more yeah. Morris was the last one for for Ballistic. Yeah, Morris, all right. So the second sub window, at that point, like I'm like like Musa was just gassed, and I you know I was just like listen like like Mexico was there for the picking, like they were dying. We had one gas guy, and you got you know. De La Torre on the bench, and I'm like, yeah. why strategically, why tactically are we going, hey, it was almost like park the bus almost. When we went to like five in the back, yeah. and I'm like, no, I, and I, you know what I thought of uh, being, being a, you know, being a football guy too, and it was not my coach, but I immediately thought of Herm Edwards. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, you play to win the game, right? <laughs> And I felt like that was just a, it was, it was just a move that I didn't like, like as a guy that's coached a lot of different sports, I'm like, you could tell when the, when the opponent is just barely hanging on and there was an opportunity to, to, you know, play, play for the win or play it safe. And I was like, cause like if they got the win there, then like the, the next two games here, like all we gotta do is get a point and we're, and we're there. And I just felt like that Mexico just needed that little push and they were going to collapse. And it was, you know, it probably wound up being, you know, being Dos Acero again. But I, I, I disagree with the strategy there. I, I, if it was me, I would have yeah. gone, hey, let's go for it. And, and, and Greg didn't. I, I'm fully, fully with you. Like, I hated that sub too. Um, I hated the system chain and it on for the last 10 minutes and it didn't work and the biggest reason why it didn't work was because FIFA couldn't hold up the ball <laughs> like that that was essentially what it was if you were going to get out of pressure 
you needed somebody that was going to hold up the ball for you and keep it and get into transition. And we did not have that. And I think that was the idea, but basically it was completely moot because he couldn't hold up the ball. Um, and, and to your point, like I said the same thing when the revolution went down to, uh, to, to Pumas last week and they like just parked the bus for 90 minutes, even though they just beat that same exact freaking team. Two oh a week ago, three to nothing. Like, <laughs> what are you scared of, man? Just go out there and play your game. And instead, they just took twenty six shots and let in three goals. Like that was it was a stupid, stupid move. If it was over ten minutes, I agree with you. We probably would have lost. But we we held on by the skin of our teeth for from the eightieth minute to the ninetieth minute. And it was it, I I I'm completely with you. I hated the system change. Well, and just one other thing on this, and this is sort of a question, sort of a comment. Do we think that, you know, after PFOC, you know, managed to almost hit the corner flag from the six yard line, uh, that he's got the jitters out? Like, like who, what are we, who are we playing at the nine on Sunday? Oh, I'll take this one first, Vince. I'll take this one yep. first. I, I tweeted this uh, as well during the game is that right now, um, I was hopeful for PFOC. Not that I'm not anymore after one game, but if you're a striker, you bury those. Um, and I tweeted that right now, no matter what striker we bring in or put out there, I'm not confident. Um, yeah. Pepe hasn't scored for five months. PFOC misses a, a sitter badly. Um, Sargent isn't playing striker at Norwich. Uh, Ferreira isn't really the striker we need. He's more of a false nine. I, I just D- I'm DK's at a point, hurt. DK's hurt. I'm at a point where I'm not confident in any of our strikers because they're all playing very, very average and even below average. So yeah, but you have to put so, one out there, yeah, don't yeah. you? So your question of who do I start? Who do I start Sunday? Uh, I would go Pepe. I I I, hmm. I would roll Pepe out there again um, because, like Vince just said, Peacock could not hold up the ball. Yeah. Um, it was a real issue whenever he was in there. If I'm, if it's me, I'm going Pepe because I like what he does off the ball. And I still think if Pepe gets a chance in front of the net, I think he's going to bury it, uh, even if he hasn't scored for five months. Uh, and that's not all on him, obviously. But I would go Pepe. I don't know. Vince, what would you do? You know, I've tried to put myself in Burhalter's brain this window, and I don't recommend that for, for any of us. But um, <laughs> I, I – like when it, with the lineup that he rolled out against Mexico, I'm basically thinking, okay, give Pepe this one. If he's ineffective or doesn't score and continues that form, then you roll out PFOC against, um, against uh, Panama and Orlando. But with how poorly he looked, I, I like me personally, I'm having second thoughts about that. I'm like, I don't I don't know if I want to do that. I was originally thinking like, oh, I'm going to have a goal poacher there. That's really all I need because I'm going to have 65, 70 percent possession in this game. And I'm going to ensure that my wingers get I'm going to play Geo on the right, Pulisic on the left. And I'm going to make sure that I have like just a, a million chances um, at home against a team that's going to be playing a low block. So so like that theoretically should work. But if you're concerned that this guy can't put put um, these chances away, you don't play him. And I like I'm kind of with Dalton. I might just roll roll Pepe again because 
in my opinion, he's the only, well, not, it's not even opinion. He's the only player that's, that's performed. Like he's the only nine that scored for us this entire world cup qualifying campaign. So, so you kind of roll with the guy. That's the only one that's done anything for you. Um, and the other idea. So if I'm, if I'm instead putting myself in Burhalter's brain again, maybe he thinks about Ferreira because if he plays Ferreira, he's thinking, well, I'll play a false nine in this game because, again, I'm going to have about 70, 70% of possession of the ball. And that way, like, I know that he's going to be effectual if he's basically dropping in and being able to create for others. I personally hate that because both Pulisic and Reyna will want to play that kind of 10 floating winger role, and they're going to get in each other's way, all three of them. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm concerned about that, but I actually I kind of think that's what he's going to do. I think he's going to play Ferrer. All right, so here, here's where my head is at. And, and this is more of, as you mentioned, a, a Pulisic-Geo issue, is that they kind of want to get into that space, which is why I don't love the false yeah. nine. I think even though he's not a false nine, I think one of the problems with Lukaku this year and just to move to Chelsea is he's just kind of a big body that jams crap up in the yeah. middle. And I kind of feel like if you're – if Greg goes false nine and we know, and we know Pulisic does not play well when, when there's that, that cluster in the middle. So I, I don't like the false nine for that reason is that you kind of want that space, you know, sort of behind the nine that we could have guys run into or dribble into. And when you got guys that are dynamic, like, you know, it looks like it's going to be, you know, Christian and Gio on the two wings. Like, I think that's just a bad idea, which is why I'm going to make the argument that you chalk up the, the one bad miss to, to nerves, maybe not being able to hold up the ball to nerves. Cause you know what, let's be honest. PFOC hadn't really been in a game of that magnitude, right? Yeah. You know, not in, in Azteca, you know, in the, you know, the elevation, the thin air, the whole thing, I would be more inclined to roll out PFOC again than Pepe um, for, for that reason. I think I, I and maybe I have PFOC on a real short leash and, at, you know, at halftime, you roll Pepe out there fresh and let him run around against guys that are, you know, a little bit winded at this point. So I, I think that is a better strategy. If it were me, I would go PFOC, yeah. short leash, and and then roll Pepe after that. Yeah. To, to your first point, like, the false nine at the international level, unless you're Spain from 2008 to 2012, it's a horrible idea. You shouldn't do it. Just pl- Just play straight up. You don't have that much time to get the chemistry – that you do in, in the club situation and the false nine requires Agreed. that like absolutely requires that. Um, it just, it, it makes zero sense to me why we would get cute like that. Just, just in the international level, some of the best teams just basically roll out their best players and, and let them play. The systems are very, very um, simplified and, and they're not complex because you're just basically kind of going out there with very minimal assignments and you're, you're playing to their strengths versus, versus trying to like fit square pegs in round holes. Um, to your right. second point about like PFUC, the my question for you is, do you think he can find an outlet based upon what we saw in this past uh, in uh, last night? Like I, I just, I, I'm not confident at all on that. And I think we got a glimpse as to why Burhalter hasn't been calling him is like, yeah, sure. He can score. But if he's, that's really like the only thing he can do. If he doesn't score, I don't know what else he can do on the pitch for me. 
All right. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna make this counter argument in that he was kind of the only guy up top, right? And at that point in the game, we were basically playing, uh, you know, nine behind the ball with only, you know, Peafock up top. And like you pointed out, you know, he didn't do a great job holding the ball, but we had both wingers dropping all the way back in at that point. I mean, I can't remember, you know, Jordan Morris was in the game for, what, 10 minutes? Mm. And I remember he was in our own, own penalty area probably half the time. Yeah. So, I mean... I think that is a result, once again, of, of tiredness and the change in formation. I, I'm, I'm not willing to, like, kind of pin that entirely on PFOC, yeah. uh, which is why I'm kind of inclined, if it were me, to roll him out there again. I, he, wouldn't put the whole, I wouldn't put the whole not being able to hold the ball up on PFOC. Not all of it, for those reasons you mentioned, is because there was – a lot of yards between PFOC and the next closest uh, USMNT player. Um, so I will agree with you there. I'll give you that. But I do think also what I will, what I am holding against PFOC is some of that holding the ball up. Um, Cause if you do get a chance to get it to your feet, you let those players uh, at least maybe you find an outlet, maybe you find a mid, you can drop it back to and reset possession uh, in that way. And I'm still holding that miss against PFOC. Um as a striker, <laughs> as a striker, I think the corner flag is just still angry at him too. Yeah, I would too. Um, as a striker, in form in in your on your club team, you bury those. Um, we saw Reyna's reaction after Peacock missed was basically, "How did you miss that?" Um, I'm sure yeah. in Reyna's head, he was like, "Oh, that's usually Erling Holland." Or uh, Pepe, Pepe might have been on the bench thinking, oh, why couldn't I get service like that? Um, so, so I'm holding that against the, the, Oh, I'm sorry. The, the reaction? I don't know if you yeah. guys saw. There was a meme out there today that was the um, – it was the it was Geo on one side doing that to PFOC, and then it was LeBron, and I think it was R.J. Smith. It was yeah, hilarious. Yeah. yeah that was good. <laughs> no, I, 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 I saw that. Whatever. <laughs> I saw I saw that and I I like actually commented under that and I was like, dude, that's that's not just the U.S. men's national team. That is like just Geo's regular body language. That's just his normal stuff. I'm yeah. sure he did that when his mom made the wrong type of sandwich for him. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like that's just that's just the what he does, man. That's his body language. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for uh, thank you for joining, Scott. We appreciate your uh, your questions and your and your perspective on things. Um, but we will, uh, we'll talk to you here soon. All right. All right. Take care guys. Yeah. Thank you very much. Uh, let's see if anybody else wants to speak. Of course you can request to do so before anyone, uh, if anyone wants to request, go ahead. But Vince, while that's happening, let's talk about the geo Reina run. Oh my. Mm. What a, what a display of, dribbling and agility and everything we've been missing about Gio Reyna. Uh, not yeah. only in the past to PFOC, but we saw it on display with his run uh, that everyone knows and has seen by now if you didn't last night. What an incredible run by Gio, and boy, did we miss him. That was absolutely incredible. It was a great run. I really wish that there was an end product. Um, if yeah. there was, that would have been a Sports Center top play, and Maybe we would have a couple more fans today. Um, but 
with that said, did you see the press conference afterwards? That was kind of actually ended up being the highlight of that play for me was was the comments afterward <laughs> between uh, Rain and Pulisic. I think I did. Uh, for people who didn't, go ahead and give the lowdown on what, what they said. No, so, so Burhalter started it off because he compared the run to Maradona in 86. <laughs> yeah, it, yep. And, like, they brought that up to Pulisic and Reyna afterwards, and both of them made just, like, in like really, like, funny faces, essentially. It's the best way I can describe it. It's basically they were just like, what the hell is he talking about? No, I don't think I'm Maradona yet. <laughs> um <laughs> But, but like, it was hilarious because there's this just dynamic between Pulisic and Reyna that's, like, big brother, little brother. And mm-hmm. Reyna's, like, egging him on, saying, like, dude, hype me up. Hype me up. Tell, tell everybody I was awesome. Tell, <laughs> like, hype me up. And Pulisic just wouldn't do it. He just sat there in silence and let Reyna give, like, a monologue about, like, how it was a good run, but he wishes that he could have finished it off. And then afterwards, he's like, what, you're not going to hype me up? You're not going to hype me up? Hype me up. And, like, he's whispering, <laughs> thinking that the mic's not picking him up, and the mic is absolutely picking him up the entire time. It was just hilarious. I, I can't wait to see these guys, like, just continue this this dynamic for the next 10 years. I, I really hope that uh, that we get more moments like that. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. And it's going to be really cool to see both of those on uh, separate wings against Panama uh, because that's what's going to happen. It's going to be Pulisic on the left wing. It's going to be uh, Geo on the right wing, and I'm super excited for that. Um, anything else that you wanted to discuss with U.S. Mexico? Uh, maybe we should touch on the uh, the Azteca. Uh, that at the beginning of the game, that place looked empty. Yeah, it was. It, I made a comment that like the U.S. faced a more hostile crowd in Denver and Las Vegas. Um, I don't think I'm wrong about that. Like they were having like. You remember in Denver, they had like they like bottles raining down on them um, for a portion of the game when they when mm-hmm. they scored the winning goal. Um, in Las Vegas, they were getting whistled the entire time. That was like ninety percent Mexico and ten percent um, U.S. in a stadium that seats like what eighty eighty five thousand people. Um, it's just it, it was absolutely more hostile over the summer than it was in in Azteca and. I just thought that was hilarious because, like, we keep hearing about, oh, like, the home field advantage, home field advantage. I'm watching that game, and I'm like, dude, if I was them, I'd be thinking, like, we beat them in more hostile environments twice this summer. I'm, I'm coming out, and I'm taking this to them. Yeah, and recent – actually, that kind of leads to the next thing is just viewership of the game. Uh, what, what was it you tweeted out right before we started this space? Three million people watched just on Spanish language. Just in Spanish, uh, yep. Just in Spanish yesterday, uh, watched the game in Spanish language. That's three million. That's a good number uh, where we probably won't know what it was English language because Paramount isn't going to release their streaming numbers. And uh, CBS Sports Network, we probably won't get those numbers either. Uh, but still, with Spanish language being three million, we can probably assume it was a pretty hefty English one uh, as well. Yeah, I'd imagine more than four and a half people, four and a half million people, four and a half people, four and a half million people watched that game last night um, in America, in the U.S. alone. Um, I wish that we had the English numbers to validate that thought, but. Three million people in Spanish. I guarantee you, at least a million watched it um, on 
on CBS Sports Network and Paramount Plus. Um, so I would think somewhere between four and four and a half million people watched that game in the U.S. last night. Um, yeah. And if we had that number, I'm wondering where it ranks. It's a Thursday night, right? Like, what else is actually going on that well, night? Uh, that's well, what, that's what I wanted to say. Mind, was, March Madness was, it's was going a on. Pretty good, pretty good number, just Spanish language, even considering March Madness was happening and the yep. amount of pull that has in this country. Um, I still think we hit over 4 million once you include English language, but a super promising number as far as viewership. But people show out for U.S. versus Mexico, which is to be expected. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, I think that's the thing. If this is the if this is the the seminal moment for, um, you know, for, for soccer in America, um, other than the World Cup finals, essentially Mexico versus the U.S., if that's the case, I want to see a big number. And I think that we got that. So that's good. Yeah, yeah, definitely agree. Uh, anyone who wants to chime in on anything, just request to speak. We'd love to chat with you, see what you thought about the game last night or yeah. about our uh, the game Sunday, what's coming up. I did want to, uh, if we transition a little bit to Sunday here, um, looking ahead to the game against Panama, I'm struggling, Vince, and I kind of need a I need a, an opinion on what I should do. Uh, I could go to the bar on Sunday where the American Outlaws chapter where I live goes to for the games. I could watch it with all the incredible people here in, uh, in the city, or I could watch it at my house. And here's where I'm struggling with this is that if somehow we don't win on Sunday, which I'm hoping obviously doesn't happen. Uh, I'm going to be uh, pretty down and I wouldn't want to <laughs> be like, I wouldn't want to be in a public setting like a bar for that. Uh, but yeah. if we win, it'd be really fun to celebrate with other people. Usually I'm a person who likes to watch games just in the comfort of my home uh, by myself or with my wife, whatever. Um, do you have an opinion on what I should do on Sunday? I'm, I'm actually the same way. I'm trying to figure out what I want to do for it. Um, you know, I, I'm traditionally the person that likes to, to just kind of watch at home. I get super, super into to the games as people can probably imagine based upon my Twitter handle. Um, I'm in, I'm intensely watching each of these games. I usually don't sit down for any of them. I'm like standing in front of my TV and just like intensely watching. It's just, I, <laughs> yeah. I look like a nut job. I look like a total nut job. Um, but uh, you know, it, this is one of those, ex those things like every single world cup game, I like to be in a bar um, hanging out with my friends and stuff like that. And kind of like bringing soccer um, to people that maybe wouldn't typically watch, if that makes sense. So like, that's something this feels like one of those games where I might like invite a couple people that wouldn't necessarily watch and either watch it at my house, have a party or, um, or go out to a bar with them and just like kind of hang out and show them like what, what this team's all about. If we win like three or four, nothing and clinch a, a birth to the world cup, um, you know, that, that's, that's, you know, a way that you kind of make new, new fans sort of a thing. So, so that's what I'm kind of thinking as of now, mm -hmm. otherwise I'll probably just be intensely watching at my house and hoping that we win so that I don't get angry and just get, you know, shit face drunk. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm kind of leaning the way as well to go and share the experience um with someone because this is look assuming we win on sunday which of course is not guaranteed at all it's a this is a really it would be a really cool moment it would be a moment 
almost eight years in the making. Uh, because yeah. it's especially after the pain that was brought in the last World Cup qualifying cycle. Um, so that's what I'm kind of leaning towards. But we'll see what happens uh, come that time. Yeah, it's it's going to be a. I think this is going to be a fun one. I actually really wish I was in Orlando. I was in Orlando last weekend um, for well two weekends ago for for a conference. Um, I came back last weekend. And I kind of wish that that conference was this week so I can just extend my stay for a weekend. Um, I would love to be in Orlando for this. I know uh, like a bunch of people that are going to be at the game. So it would have been a fun to, to be in Orlando for this one. Yeah, even if you weren't able to like be at the game, just being in the area for that would yeah. be, yeah, would be a bunch of bars incredible right in Orlando. Yeah, absolutely. It would have been a great time. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to talk about the game, though. Obviously, um, it's a big one. It's the biggest one we've played in years. And um, it, we, we pretty much know the lineup. It's going to be very similar to what was trotted out there on Sunday. Uh, Gio Reyna, I think, will be starting. I think you're going to agree with that. I think he'll start on the right wing. And uh, obviously, we're going to have Shaq Moore at right back. I don't see much changing other than that, though. Obviously, as um, Adam mentioned earlier, we got to figure out who, what's the deal with the striker position. But... Mm-hmm. Uh, the lineup for you, what are you doing? What are you doing with the lineup? Do you think it changes much from last night? Not too much. There's a couple things I'd change. Um, you know, obviously people know I advocated for Acosta to start in midfield against Mexico. I'm going to do the opposite in this one. I would start Luca De La Torre, um, or I'd be also fine with Busio, just basically whoever looks better in training right now. Um, you know, more mm-hmm. more good memories, more recent memories about Luca De La Torre's uh, performance against Honduras, obviously in Minnesota. So that's why I think you kind of reward him for that, um, unless his training performances haven't been great and Busio looks significantly better. Um, so I, across my back line, I'd, be, I'd have, well, Stefan and goalkeeper. Um, and then across my back line, I'd have Jedi. I guess I stick with Miles. Um you know, Miles has not been in great form for club or country uh, in his most recent performances. He hasn't had a great start to the year in Atlanta. His The last two windows, he's looked kind of a little bit off the pace. He's given, you know, you saw that that yellow card he picked up. He got nutmegged and then picked up a yellow card um, against Mexico early in the game. I think the 10th or 12th minute. Um, so, so he has not been in good form. But with that said, you didn't bring John Brooks. Chris Richards is hurt. You know, um, obviously Mark McKenzie's not been in great form. He's not there. So who are you putting in in front of him? I guess it would be Aaron Long. I, I don't know, man. I, I So that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I guess I would just stick with Miles and just I think Berhalter, kind of figures this out. I think Berhalter's at a point where he trusts the duo of Zimmerman and Robinson. Yeah, um, yeah. To, I think so to seal the deal here. So I think even if Robinson didn't look the best and hasn't looked the best, I think Berhalter is just going to stick by it, which I'm fine with. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I don't really see another option. If Chris Richards was healthy and in camp, I'd, I'd start him. But, um, you know, he's not. So I, I guess I would stick with Miles in this case. So my back line, Jedi, Miles, Zimmerman, and Shaq Moore, just out of necessity, he's there. Um, he's the only right back that we have. My midfield um, would be Luca De La Torre, um, uh, Tyler Adams, Eunice Musa, um, and the caveat of if Eunice Musa is actually able to go for sixty plus yeah. minutes because he looked completely gassed in that game, as our caller earlier said. So, like, 
I, I don't know for a fact um, that he'll be he'll be ready to go, but we'll see. If he is, and I feel comfortable with with what I see from his his like uh, his uh, his measurables and stuff like that in training over the next couple of days, and I'd start Musa, um, and then in my attack I'd go with Pulisic um, and Rain on the wings as we've talked about. And man, I, I guess I'm going with Pepe as a striker just because I don't believe in the false nine experiment with Ferreira. Um, I think Berhalter is going to go with Ferreira though. And I don't, I honestly, I don't know. He just scored a hat trick. I don't know if I hate it. Maybe I, I'm open to the situation. Maybe we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for my, I'll give my lineup. Uh, Logan, I saw you requested to speak. If you want to request to speak, uh, I'll let, uh, I'll let you speak after this or whoever else wants to speak as well. We'll get to all of you who want to talk about whatever uh, that's related yeah. to USMNT. This is, this is interactive. That's why we do this one on spaces. We, we don't, we don't need to just sit there as a, as a podcast. We want to hear from you guys. Right, right. So my lineup, I would go same back line as you, same goalie. Um, I would go with all of that. My midfield though, um, I think it's going to come down to, I think, look, we haven't talked about it yet. But Panama drawing against Honduras was huge. Um, mm-hmm. Panama now has to come into the U.S. and play to win. And that's the yeah. only thing that, like, because so they can't try to grind it out 0-0 and maybe scrap one. Um, they can't afford to come into Orlando and do that anymore. So if, if Panama had won, I would probably say, uh, Luca De La Torre because of his forward runs and how well he can carry the ball and really just create space. I think I would go Gianluca Busio in the midfield with Musa and Tyler Adams because just the ability of Busio to kind of be that deep-lying playmaker that's going to be able to to hit the ball that splits lines. I, I really yeah. think that Busio can really do that in this game. I think Panama is going to be open to that. And I'm going to go with the same top li- uh, front line as you, Pulisic, Pepe, and Reyna. Um, the, the striker, though, I could be convinced of any of the three. And the only yeah. difference that me and you have, basically, is I would go Busio over De La Torre. But if it's not working, you bring in De La Torre at the 55th, 60th minute, bring something different. And I think they're very – they're going to bring something different, which is good. But um, I would go with Busio to start. Yeah. Any, anybody, and I agree, I let, I love Busio. Anybody that follows me knows how high I am on this kid. Like, I, I really, really like him. Um, he's my type of midfielder. I, I'm a, I, I love those types of cerebral-type players. I love deep-lying deep, deep lying midfielders. You know, I'm, I'm a Sicilian-American, for God's sake. I loved Andrea Pirlo <laughs> when he played. Um, and, and so, like, there's, there's that, right? When we saw him start against Jamaica – the mix didn't work, and that that was my issue with it. It wasn't necessarily Busio's um, performance. It was that every single time he dropped in, Tyler Adams wouldn't push forward and create the triangles necessary to kind of continue to advance the ball forward. Like they, it ended yeah. up being like a double pivot, and that wasn't good. Not against a team like Jamaica where they're sitting low, right? Like, so so the the instruction has to be better. If you're going to play Busio as an eight, I think that, that you should, you know, obviously Tyler Adams is, is an incredible player. You just have to basically tell him like, Hey, when that happens, go play your old New York Red Bulls um, role where you kind of pushed forward in those instances and you pressed higher 
and allow Busio to kind of be that like deep lying playmaker, as you said, and and ping balls around the field um, when we're in possession, it would really work. It just didn't because the movement was off. So I, I, um, I, I'd like to see that. So I, I want to see that mixture again. I want to see Musa Busio and Adams again. I just don't mm-hmm. know if I want to see it in this high stakes of game when I haven't don't have the proof of concept that it works yet. Yeah, yeah, that's totally fair. Um, I also like that Jean-Luc Abusio has been playing at such a high level over the whole season, really, with Venetia. He's been playing so well at, in the Serie A. So I think, you know, you kind of – and I think he's learned a lot. He played it uh, – Oh, absolutely. 10. He played at the number 10 last uh, position, last game. Uh, so yeah. he's, he's, he's progressed so much. So I think I would go with that. But with the caveat, like you said, that Tyler Adams knows, like you have to go forward in those situations. Let's get Logan back in here. Logan has something to say. Um, let's see. Even though I don't agree with his Phil Foden being the young, best youngster in the world take, uh, we'll let him talk. What's uh, Logan? I still, I still think he's talking about himself. No, it, it, it's it's bait mostly, just to get my friends riled up. Um, I don't. I I think my most my my strongest opinion is definitely De La Torre starting. I think if Musa was gassed as much as he was last game, he's only going to get gassed sooner in the next game. Um. So would you go? Would you go Busio and De La Torre and leave Musa to come on in like the sixtieth, or or someone else? Or are you going with Acosta? That that's the question. I'm not like so. If yeah. you're benching Musa, who's bringing it? Who are you bring? I'm in? not sure to be honest. Um, because <laughs> I've been looking at Busio and he, I he just hasn't been playing a whole lot as much as he used to. I've, uh, yeah, that's true. But I, I I do like him. I I enjoy him. I think he you know, deserves to be on the team and all, but um, Tyler Adams and Acosta are definitely uh, better players than him right now. But um, if he appeared as a sub, I wouldn't be mad. If he started, I wouldn't be mad. It's just I'm not sure who's going to be the best for us on Sunday. Yeah. For, for me, Busio is our fourth best midfielder. I know that that's controversial, because he hasn't mixed well yet. Like that, that is all it is to me. And, and he's a completely different type of midfielder than we have. And people haven't learned how to play off of him yet. If they did, then he's our fourth best midfielder. Like to me, it's it, MMA is just a, a cut and dry best three. Like you're playing Musa McKenney and Adams, but, Without those three, like if one is out, I could plug Busio into basically any of the roles um, and be okay assuming the other two knew how to play with him. And and I think that that's really the issue that we face in this case. Like Busio did not have a horrible game against Jamaica. It was the midfield as a whole that didn't have a good good game against Jamaica. That was the issue. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think there's always players that have their inconsistencies. I mean, I think, or, I mean, our whole front line, we, I mean, we can see that they're just not consistent. You know, I, mean, I heard you guys talking about who's starting, starting up top. We got a few players up there, but uh, it's still not bad to have a variety of players to choose from in the middle. It's just kind of interesting what we're going to see. I, there's... Very, 
Uh, we we have options that I would be okay with to see up Sunday, but who knows what Greg's going to do, honestly. No one yeah. knows. <laughs> no one knows what goes on inside Greg's head. Um, but, like, the depth thing is such a it's, – it's a great thing to have um, overall, as as we all know, right? Like, we all wanted this depth for a long time, and now we finally have it. And it's super important to have, especially when you're talking about, hopefully, fingers crossed, knock on wood, that we when we go to the World Cup later this year, that I, Gianluca Busio and players like him have such a role to play. And, like, maybe Luca De La Torre, as long as, as Berhalter brings him. Like, guys like that who aren't going to start every game, like MMAs are midfield, like, like Vince said. But those guys, Busio um, – It'll probably be way off the bench with Reyna starting as long as Reyna is healthy. Um, those guys still have such a huge role to play, and the depth is such a blessing, I think, as long as these guys can stay healthy. Um, because Not only because it's good players behind our starters, but it's really good players who bring different dimensions to the game. Uh, it's one thing if you're bringing a like-for-like like on and they basically do the same thing. But if you – let's say we – you take out Luca De La Torre and he starts for Busio. The defense has to adjust to a completely different thing because they're completely different players. It's the same way with Gio Reyna when he came in for Tim Weah last night. It's that you, as a defense, you have to adjust to what this guy brings. It's something different than what you've been facing for the last 60 minutes. Yeah, I agree. Um. Oh, another thing I want to touch up on. Uh, this is this is probably going to be a hot hot take. Uh, well, here we I, go. Here we go. I, in. I let's go. Really let's go. First take. Wrongly believe Pepe should not start Sunday. He so is who not. Who would you start? Either Ferreira or Pifak. Honestly, it's okay. But you you came in with the hot take. Now you got to pick one. <laughs> I'm just gonna go with. I'll go with Ferreira. Hot hand. He's he's not Hot the one hand. that he's not the uh, one that had a big opportunity missed the other day, and mm-hmm. just because he had a, a pretty stellar game against Portland a few days ago, or a week ago or so. But and, oh, and he I, did set up a, a good assist for us against El Salvador. Um, yeah. even though he did miss a couple of chances. He ended. He did pretty decent for uh, other. Other instances where like hold up play, but I don't I don't th- I don't hate him I really don't I I don't hate like you know Ferreira as a as a player I I actually think he's a very good player mm-hmm. I I can't stand the false nine concept at the international level and yeah. you know it, it it's the other thing is like it's not even like he's playing false nine at say you know Barcelona or Borussia Dortmund or so, something like this. He's playing false nine in at FC Dallas. He wasn't even playing false nine last year. He was he was a second striker, which I think is his natural position. Um, but you know, playing a false nine at the international level, when that player plays at a a edge of the playoffs type of MLS team and is somewhat productive, I I don't know, man. I I think Ferrer is going to have a very long great career i think he's a really intelligent soccer player 
at the international level to play a false nine, it has to be perfect. And your team has to be incredible. Um, I don't see that from us on in, so, in any of the, in any of the circumstances, like we're not Spain 2008 to 2012. We're not. So I just, so, I would play a, a, a target striker and be done with it. Vince, are you more okay with Ferreira if he doesn't play as a false nine, or do you think that takes away what he does best? No, I, I, I think Ferreira is a very good player. We don't play with his, with his profile. Like mm-hmm. that's my, that's always been my issue with him is not, not like that. I dislike him or his, his profile in general. We don't play with a second striker, and unfortunately for him, most of the world doesn't play with a second striker. He's an excellent second striker, specifically at the at the MLS level, and especially if he has a target striker that has a good combination with him, like we saw last year with Pepe. Um, we saw one good game, like literally, that's it. We've seen one good game from him as a false nine, and that just happened to be last week. Um, if he plays like that, at the international level, I'll be wrong. I'll be the first person to raise my hand and say, I was wrong about this. I'm really happy, and I, I, I think we should keep playing him. Um, I, I don't know, man. I, false nine at the international level is tough. And he's, he's a second striker, not a false nine. Yeah, I get that. Uh, I totally understand where you're coming from. I'll ask you both this. I'll ask you this, Vince, and, and you, Logan, as well. You can chime in. On Sunday um, – do we qualify? Does it happen on Sunday? Are we finally locked into Qatar? I'm going to go with no. Hmm. Is that uh, because we don't get don't get a win, or is it because Costa Rica wins? I, I think, yeah, I think it's the other team's results that won't let it happen. Mm-hmm. It's, but I don't know. Anything can happen, and it's just – I, I I think we'll win for sure on Sunday, but you know we we're getting shocked with some of these results, like being closer than what they should be or not what we expect. But um, I really think we have a good shot going into Sunday here. Something yeah. that backs up what Logan's saying here is we haven't won a second game of a window, right? I think that's right. That the second game of a World Cup qualifying window this window. That's right. Yeah, I don't that's think right. we've won because other than one. Canada, they've all been on the road, and the only away game we've won is Honduras, right? So yeah, yeah. So it's different this time, but it's obviously different motivations to get the qualification done. But it, it is a thing that's out there. Yeah, I, I'm gonna agree with I'm gonna agree with Logan on this. Like, um, I think we win. I think we win comfortably. I think we will win three to nothing. That's that's my prediction. I think we repeat the the performance against Panama and Orlando um, in the last cycle. I think we win three nothing. I think Costa Rica wins one nothing in El Salvador and stays alive. With that said, our goal difference will be plus nine in that situation. Um, mm-hmm. So we won't be mathematically clinched, but it honestly won't matter. Like we, we could, we could lose one or two, nothing. It doesn't matter. We'll clinch. Yeah. That's the reason I'm saying we, we get in on, we get in on Sunday. Um, yeah. Not even because like mathematically it might not be there, but if we win, we're in, 
that's where my mind is right now because of that scenario, like you said. Like, Costa Rica would have to pull off a historic, uh, even greater than historic win against us <laughs> next week to – uh, to qualify over us. So I'm saying I think we qualify Sunday. I don't care what the Costa Rica result, result is. You get three points against Panama, and we're good. That's the way I'm looking at it. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think I think four – I saw like four points gave us like a 98% chance of qualifying. So yeah, I, I'm fine with four points really. I mean, Yeah, and that was before the Panama draw. Because I think most people assumed Panama would win against uh, Honduras, Honduras. and obviously yeah. it didn't happen. So um, things change. This is why this is why math numbers, math and numbers don't play the game. <laughs> so yeah. really, it's just we got we got half on the, Yeah, we got we got half the results we needed. Like I think everybody expected um, Panama to beat Honduras, and everybody also expected Costa Rica to drop points to Canada. And neither of those things happen. So, like, part of that is good and part of that is bad. And ultimately, we just have to take care of business against Panama. Um, our goal difference should see, it, see us through no matter what happens in Costa Rica. Did you, yeah. see, did you see the red card uh, for Canada against Costa Rica? I, I have an opinion on this, but not like a strong one. I get what well, people are saying. It was soft. Get- but it was a yellow, in my opinion. It was just stupid. Like, what are you putting yourself in that position for? You know you're already sitting on a yellow. What do you do it for? Yeah. Yeah. I'm on the side of Vince here is that it's probably a yellow. Mark Anthony K was stupid for doing it, um, for being – for putting himself in that position. This is the way I look at, like, I'm so – Usually I'm the person that doesn't blame anything on referees. I'm very much a control what you can control type of person. And anytime mm-hmm. someone puts themselves in a position to get sent off like this, I usually I, I don't really have much sympathy for the person. I know people were going at CONCACAF and everything else because it's fun to do. It's fun to go at the CONCACAF refs. But, like, if you're Mark Anthony K, yeah, it's a soft yellow but don't put yourself in that position. You have to be smarter than that. Um, knowing, and he's lucky that Canada's in first, by the way, because that, that would have been really bad for them. Uh, he's yeah. lucky that Canada's comfortably in first. But um, if I would like, it's for me, it's a don't put yourself in that situation type of thing. If you're, yeah, which I know, I think is, I think it's kind of in the minority of opinions. I think most people have kind of had the opinion of that was stupid and soft. Yeah. I, I think you're right. I think most people did have that opinion. I, I'm totally with you, Dalton. Like, from my perspective, you, you're putting yourself at risk of a yellow. Is it soft? Sure. But it's a yellow. <laughs> so, so, like, why would you do that when you're sitting on a yellow? Like, it makes zero sense. Like, just it, – it's, it's, it's the same conversation that we just had about Tyler Adams, right? Like, you just don't put yourself in any situation that could even be remotely considered a yellow card. You play your role, you play it well, and you don't put yourself in stupid situations. You run we away from this. those type of off balls or like whatever. Like it's it, it, it's dumb. It was a dumb decision from him, and he, and he kind of deserved what he got. Yeah, we kind of mentioned the same exact thing with Tyler Adams. Like his instruction had to be: be smart out there. Don't get a yellow. We need you on Sunday. Uh, Mark Anthony K did not have those thoughts of. 
be smart. Yeah. Don't get a yellow. We need you on Sunday um, yeah. because of that. So it's just kind of like, I don't know if, if he, like a coach shouldn't have to tell him, but maybe, maybe uh, Herman should have told him, Hey, maybe be smart here. Like we need you. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> Yeah, but if you do that, then you have to tell every single player that picks up a yellow card early in the game to do that. It's just it's you're a professional. For yeah, sake. Like, yeah, you exactly. Should just know that's... that inherently. Yeah, Mark Anthony K should have known. That's really what it is. Yeah. Um, did you have anything else you wanted to talk about, Logan? Anything else on top of your mind? Uh, no, probably. No, I had nothing honestly. I'm just. That's fair. We appreciate Just, it. Yep, trying we, to absorb other people's uh, ideas or uh, opinions of the team besides my friends. So. Fair, well, fair. Follow, follow me. I'm full of those. Yeah, follow, yep. follow them both. <laughs> appreciate it. Uh, thanks, Logan, for joining us. Anybody else who wants to talk? I said this last time during our last Twitter space. It doesn't have to be about soccer at all. I don't care. We were talking about F1 to start, to start this Twitter yeah. space. Um, I, you I, need to I've watch got, I've got to one survive, for you, Dalton. Yeah. I've got one for you. Are you watching the St. Louis City 2 MLS Next Pro game? No, I just have the Twitter pulled up. I have my Twitter pulled up on my uh, on my laptop here recording this space, and I see that the, the first MLS Next Pro goal was scored. I saw that. Yeah. No, I've got it up. Um, I, I love how I mention MLS Next Pro and we lose somebody. The reason I bring it up ultimately is um, have you seen like the, the font for the font for MLS Next Pro is so stupid. And like that's the font that they decided to use on the numbers and letters on the back of the uniforms. And <laughs> it looks so weird. I hate it. I'm going to have to check this out. I'm going to check this out after we're done because I don't know if it would interrupt my recording or not. But, um, but yeah, it's super exciting though. MLS next pro. Um, yeah, I, sometimes I've been a, I've been a component of this, right? I've been, I was in the radio business. I'm still kind of in the radio business, like one foot in. Um, one thing I always, uh, advocate for in any business is just a director of common sense, right? Like someone to <laughs> look at something. Of common sense. That's <laughs> someone, fantastic. I am bringing to, that up. You should. Someone to look at something and say, "Okay, this is good, and this is this is fine," or to immediately look at it and say, "No, this is crap. Like we have to get rid of this and change it up because people are going to hate this." Think about the number of headaches that would save. Like, especially sports teams in, like, broadcasting businesses, if there was just someone, like, basically an outsider who okayed everything. <laughs> I, I am literally bringing that up to my CEO on Monday. And um, I don't know, like, like I, I, I don't think that I would be the right person for that. But <laughs> Right, right. <laughs> but we 100% should have a director of common sense. I think that's a wonderful, wonderful concept. <laughs> all right i'm with it um and if anybody else has anything to say like i said it does not matter what it's about uh chime in let us know and of course you can always follow us uh right here on twitter you can just click our little pictures on this twitter space and follow us that easily uh to keep the conversation going with us we have a weekly podcast usmnt thoughts it comes out every wednesday morning 
Uh, it's a lot of fun. A lot of you might have already listened to it, but if you don't, you should check it out because I think we have a lot of fun. I think we have a lot of smart conversations about uh, the United States men's national team. I asked you on our podcast last week, Vince, what your nervous level was at. Um, and you kind of gave like a range based on what happens with Mexico. Your nervous level for Sunday, your nervousness level 1 to 10 for qualifying for the World Cup this year, what's it at now? I think – so what, what was the range that I gave, like a 5 I think to 8? Yeah, or maybe I was thinking four to seven, so we're both kind of along the same lines okay. there as what you yeah. did. Yeah, like it was it was like four to seven, five to eight. I can't I can't remember what it was. Um I'll put myself at that high side of the range. Like my range hasn't changed, but I think when we were talking, I was like, I'm somewhere within that range depending on my mood. And right now my mood is at the high point of that range. So like seven or eight. Oh, so you're you're still pretty nervous. I, I'm absolutely nervous because we've left it to the last window. And uh-huh. if we lose against Panama, then we we basically have to get a result in, in Costa Rica. And did you see the atmosphere that they were playing with last night? Right. I, I'm not confident we're getting anything out of that game. I'm, I'm banking on the goal difference. <laughs> my, my nervousness level has dropped a little. Not because of our game against Mexico, but because Panama didn't win. I was assuming we were heading into uh, Sunday absolutely 100% needing to win, which I'm not saying we don't need now. But uh, with Panama drawing against Honduras, it's a little more comfortable, uh, which Mm -hmm. you can't ever really get 100% comfortable in CONCACAF World Cup qualifying. But... A win, and we're in, just like I said earlier. And I think we have what it takes. I love the way the team mentally looked, like mentality-wise, wanting to go out there and win the game against Mexico. I think against a a not-as-strong opponent in Panama at home, uh, my nervousness level is probably a four. Um, I was was way higher than that heading into last night. But uh, I think I'm about at a four right now. So I'm considerably lower than you are. So wait, 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 hold on. So if it's uh-huh. a nervousness level, not a confidence level. So if yeah, it's a ner- yeah, if it's a nervousness yeah. level, then I'm on the low point point of the range. Like so, I'm probably at like a a, a three. Um, yeah. Okay. 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 Now now we're back on the same. I I thought we, I thought we were talking about a confidence level, and I was saying my confidence level is at an eight. So I'm not I'm not like a hundred percent there. I don't think we're done. Um, yeah. But yeah, I I wouldn't say I'm like nervous i've got a little bit of nervousness i've got a little yeah. bit of ps psd from uh ptsd from uh from cuba but i think i think yeah. we're safe i think we're fine we like i'm not i'm not necessarily worried about panama i'm worried about costa rica yeah i was kind of worried about you when you said like seven or eight for worried yeah you're like you must why just, are you that i was like vince calm down it's okay <laughs> it's all right <laughs> But oh, man, of course, I'm good. I, I'm good. I'm a, I'm a couple. I'm a couple bourbons in. I'm fine. I'm just, you know, I've got a little bit of nervousness, but not that much. Yeah, yeah, I would totally agree. Um, but I think we've pretty much wrapped it up here. I think we're ready. I think we're ready for Sunday. Unless, of course, anyone has anything to say here, uh, bring up anything. Ask us what our favorite kind of pizza is. I don't care if you have something <laughs> to ask us before we hop off here. Uh, just let us know, and we'll talk to you. But before that, uh, of course. Like I said, follow us both on Twitter. We would both really appreciate that, uh, as well as uh, following our podcast and giving it a listen, because we think it's pretty good uh, weekly. 
we think we bring something different to the table in the USMNT uh, sphere of of content, uh, and we have a lot of fun doing it. Hopefully, when we do it and release this new episode next Wednesday, we're talking about how the United States is going to be in the World Cup uh, later this year, Vince. I hope so, man. I hope it's done. I hope that El Salvador helps us out. I hope Hugo Perez um, helps us out. But I'm not banking on it, man. I think Costa Rica is going to win. Um, I think we'll win as well. But basically, we won't be able to mathematically clinch until Wednesday night. So we'll see. Yeah, yeah, we'll absolutely see. Thank you, everyone, for joining. I know Logan and Adam already left, but thanks to them for uh yeah, they they pieced out as soon as questions. I started talking about MLS next. Bro. Yeah, they were like what the hell? This, this we can't next. we can't even come up with a real acronym for this league. That's how that's how long and weird this name is. MLS Next Pro. Like, what is it? What am I supposed to call it? MNP? I I don't understand what the hell I'm supposed to call this league. Yeah, if if you ever bring up MLS Next Pro to someone, it's like you have to take a breath after you say it. Um, yeah. Before we go though, Leo wants to talk. We've got Leo in here he has requested to join uh let's see i think he's available now what's up what's going on fellas hey just uh jumping on really late here but um props out to you guys with the show um you know and and i'm jumping in here late uh but what's the scenario if uh, we win on saturday and then uh we tie or lose on uh on wednesday so first i will say i'll let you take that vince but i will say leo if you want to go back and listen uh, to this space, it's going to be available as a podcast as well. USMNT Thoughts Podcast, wherever you get your podcast, um, so you'll be able to listen back to this if you want to. But now, Vince, you can tell him what the scenario is. Yeah. So, so if we win on Sunday, um, then essentially we'll be even if Costa Rica wins, we will um, be three points ahead of them. No matter what happens against Costa Rica, basically we we should advance on goal difference. Um, if we if we lose or draw on Sunday and Costa Rica wins, I'm assuming Mexico is going to win. Um, I can't remember if they're playing Honduras. I think Honduras, right? Um, that sounds right. That sounds right. I'm not. I don't have yeah. that 100 percent confirmed. But yeah, I, I think I think Mexico win. So so ultimately, like we put ourselves in a really really difficult position in that case. So I I wouldn't think about any other result. We we've got to win on Sunday. Going into Costa Rica on Wednesday, if we lose or draw that game, and honest to God, should not matter as long as we don't lose by like five goals. Um. And I just I, like if you've watched it, for, forget anything that the U.S. men's national team has done this qualifying campaign because we haven't looked great for large stretches. We haven't. Um, but the the Costa Rica national team has scored nine goals, nine goals the entire World Cup qualifying campaign. So if you think that we're losing five to nothing against this Costa Rica team, you're high. So I, I think essentially we win on Sunday and we're good. Yeah, I just think that Sunday game, I think, you know, Costa Rica is going to get hot at the right time. They got full capacity at the stadium. So it's going to be pumping yeah. on. It'll be pretty interesting. Uh, yeah, you know, we down. we certainly don't want to drop drop points on, on Sunday because I, I agree. I don't think we get anything out of Wednesday in San Jose. I, I don't I don't think we get anything out of it. Um, I watched that game last night. Um, Costa Rica versus Canada 
they're like that atmosphere, the way that that team is playing right now, I, I, I think we lose, but I think we'll lose one, nothing two nothing. Yeah, I agree with you, Vince. I think, uh, don't leave it up to chance at all. I think if we leave it at all to Wednesday, we're in trouble. <laughs> um, but, uh, cause like you said, like in Costa Rica away is, is a fixture we have never succeeded in. Uh, so, like Vince said, win, you're in. Uh, that's pretty much as simple as it gets for us. And hopefully, like I said, we'll be able to uh, to have that feeling for our next podcast uh, on Wednesday. Yeah, I think when my, when my dad used to say, just take care of business and everything will be uh, fall right into place. So we just got to yeah. take care That's all. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Thank you, Leo. Dad's nice, a smart man. man. Even if it was late. Even if. Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. I was just saying thank you for uh, for jumping in, even if it was a little late here. We understand. No worries. <laughs> Keep up work. We'll be listening. Thanks. Thanks, Leo. Thanks, Ben. Yeah. So, Vince, I think we can wrap it up there. I think we can uh, can end this incredible Twitter space we had. Thank you to everyone for the for the interaction. We really like it. Um, and uh, we'll be talking again, of course, like I said, on Wednesday, we'll have a new podcast out, the USMNT Thoughts podcast. We'll be talking, hopefully, about the uh, World Cup coming up in uh, later this year. But, of course, until then, Vince, I will talk to you then. And uh, if you want to hear this whole Twitter space we just had, maybe you missed part of it, be looking out for our, uh, for our podcast feeds uh, definitely by tomorrow. <laughs>